Well, I sure love your church, love this church, our church, the church, amen. Uh, known, known Katie and Jeremy for quite a while, and, uh, and, and just the way God put us together, it was a God thing. Um, when we were doing the whole church in the box, and the guys were the unofficial setup crew, and, and uh, just to see what the Lord has done over the years is just truly amazing. In my opinion, I've just seen God do such a work. Uh, in this church and through this church, and uh, they love our men. It's so good to see that they're loved and cared for and want to go. Man, how many know that when an ex-drug addict wants to go to church, something good is going on? Amen? Amen? All right. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, the, it's just hard to preach after testimonies because God is just such a good God and everything that he's been doing uh, in the men. And that only God can do that. Amen. Only God can do that. How many of you guys are really good at waiting? Can you raise your hand if you're really good at waiting? So I'm in the right place tonight. <sighs> Can, can I just be honest with you? I am terrible at waiting. I am not a good waiter. I just, I, I struggle with it. I love miracles, but I hate the waiting part to get to the miracle. Psalm 135 says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. Won't you be glad when you get there? Amen. And in his word, I put my hope. Father, I thank you that your word never returns void, that it always does what you sent it to do. God, I pray you just hide me behind the cross, that you would give grace to the speaker and to the hearer. Uh, Lord, we need anointed preaching, but we need anointing, anointed hearing. Not annoying. Amen. <laughs> and so, Lord, I just pray that in these moments that you be glorified and the Holy Spirit will have freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 149, uh, or Psalm 119, 49 and 50 says, uh, Remember the word unto your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction that your word has given me life. I've noticed that waiting and affliction seem to go hand in hand. And so, you know, my testimony has been one where people have waited on me. But they've waited on God for me. My mom would constantly pray, Lord, do whatever it takes to save my son. And folks, that is a scary prayer. I remember getting on the phone telling my mom to stop. <laughs> and, and it sounds funny, but I'm telling the truth. I'm like, do not. I don't know. Don't pray the miserables on me. I'm miserable enough. And I knew enough about the Lord. I knew enough growing up in church. Amen. I grew up in an assembly God church. And back then they were always preaching the rapture. You know what I'm saying? Like they were scaring you right into heaven. That was like, that was like the evangelistic service back then was the rapture. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, I remember that. So I was always checking on my mom. If I, my mom was around, we were good. 
Mom's still here? Yep, she's still here. So I, I believed, but I did not have a relationship. I believed in the things of God. I believed that there was a reality of the Lord. I knew, I saw things, but I did not have a relationship. And I'm so grateful that people waited on God for me. Amen. I'm so glad that people suffered praying for me. Now say that out loud. I'm glad people didn't give up. And all the moms in the house said, amen. Have you ever had someone that you've just been praying on? You're like, man, Lord, would you just hit him over the head with a wake-me-up stick, man? So I'm, I'm hard-headed. I know I'm stubborn. And I think God loves stubborn people. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> Stiff-necked people. Amen. Because I got stubborn for the things of God later in life. But in the middle of all that waiting, coming into teen challenge, <laughs> can I just be honest with you? No, I don't think I've ever met anyone that has showed up to teen challenge going, I've I'm 50 years old at a place called Teen Challenge. Bless God. <laughs> and yet there's still that transformation that takes place in the waiting. This is my comfort in my affliction that your word has given me life, not the outcome. You know how we get so stuck on the outcomes. If, if God, if you would do your job... I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. God, if you would just change this one thing, my life would be so much better. And one of the guys said it, Jeremy, me, me, me. Teen Challenge has been an amazing adventure for me. And I mean that with all my heart. Like, I remember the, the, the day I decided to go into Teen Challenge. And this was after God just like taking every little prop, every little distraction out of my life to where there was nowhere else to go but to him. No one was throwing down a pillow for me to land on anymore. Amen. And so, you know... I've shared this with you guys before, but like my dad, he took his life on my mom's birthday. My daughter, Ashley, she was about almost four years old, found my dad. Now, if I told you I was angry or upset, it doesn't cover it. Can I be honest with you? Like, I don't know if I have the, uh, the emotional acuity to really tell you what I felt. I just felt like, here's my mom who's been serving Jesus this whole time, and this is how you pay her back, God. That's how I felt. And yet it was in that mess that I had my first real encounter with Jesus. And I'll never forget it. Paul Singh, he's a now retired missionary. He, he, he's like, hey, let me go with you, Rick, and go clean up that mess. And, you know, you guys may or may not know this, but there's a couple people that active drug addicts do not want to talk to. And one of those people are the police. 
the other peoples are men of God. I'm like, I am not getting in the car with you, pal. He's going to, I'll be stuck in the car. He'll whip out the Bible. Just start scripture whipping me all the way to the house. You're going to hell. You're not going to make it. You're doomed. I mean, these are all things I already felt. Are you with me? And it was the longest, most awkward drive I've ever been on. Paul didn't say a word. Creepy. Like, I was waiting for him to say something. Say something, man. And so unbeknownst to me, he was praying the whole time. And I was like, man, I was so terrified to get in that car, Paul. I was so terrified. I was so terrified. He's like, I, you know, Rick, I don't know if you've ever really thought about this, but, you know, you were a known drug dealer and you were on meth. I was a little bit more afraid than you. <laughs> Good point. We're still, he's still in my life today, man. I'm so grateful to have Paul. Uh, he, um, everybody needs a good truth teller in their life. Amen. So, so in that moment, um, we're at my mom and dad's house and we're cleaning up the mess and I'm getting rid of the crime scene tape and I broke down and I cried. I hadn't cried in years. I couldn't even tell you the last time I cried. And it was the reality that my dad was gone. See, cause I really loved my dad. He was like my hero, and I lost my hero that day to a very selfish thing. And, man, I broke down, and I cried, and I'll never forget it. I still get emotional about it to this day. I'm like, my dad is gone. My dad is gone. My daughter was just completely distraught, and I went from angry to sad to grief, and those next years were just torment they were torment and Paul didn't miss a beat man he like scooped me up and said Rick I love you I've heard people say that before I really have I've heard people my mom say it my dad I mean, Rick I love you and I knew they meant it but man that messed me up when Paul said that it messed my sin up I couldn't even sin right after that. And, and it's funny, but it's the truth. I was like, I got on the phone. I said, what did you do to me? He's like, oh, oh, Rick, God has a call on your life. That's why the enemy's trying to do everything he can to destroy you. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not hearing none of that. I, I just want all of this drama to stop. He's like, oh, man, when you surrender to Jesus, Paul got all excited. My like, man. This was the wrong guy to call. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, hey, man, there's this place called Teen Challenge. Oh, I know all about Teen Challenge. Mom's been screaming at me for years about it. He's like, well, just, just go there for counseling. Just go, just go, just go for counseling. I don't know if you've ever had Teen Challenge counseling before. It's very unique. They don't really know how to counsel, but they know how to pray <laughs> to the one that knows how to counsel. And I get into this dorm room, and I'm in the dorm room, and they, this dude comes into the dorm room, and he's like 925 years old. 
I'm like, what is going on, dude? I need help. And you guys go find the dustiest dude in the closet. <laughs> you like gotta blow the dust off this guy. And he said, sit down. He had this big deep word, sit down. I was like, whoa. And then he started praying to God like God was his friend. I had never heard that. I've heard guys get up there, oh, dear Heavenly Father, bless us, thou us, speaking in King James. Like, what is this? We're not Shakespeare, bro. And this guy spoke to God like God was his friend. And he's like, God, this is Rick. And he screwed up. I kid you not. <laughs> like, wow, this is awesome. He's like, but he needs you, God. He needs you. And then he prayed this country western thing on me like, God, every time Rick gets out of your will, let it be like thorns. I don't know. You're there for counseling. And some dude is praying thorns for you. Like, I'm like, what is going on? And every time that he's doing something of the world, every time he lights a cigarette, every time he does drugs, let it just be like dust and ash. That's all I can remember of that prayer. <laughs> I'm like, as prayers go, that was pretty bogus. But, man, it messed me up. I got in the car. I could, nothing felt right. Nothing tasted right. I had this fear thing just like, like, can I just tell you, I know who it was now. It was the Lord full on after me. See, some of these guys over here, they're pretty hard-headed. Amen. But, man, these are some of God's generals, some of God's soldiers. There's something that's in me, in them, that I would do whatever it took to get what I wanted. Like, if I could not find drugs, I'm not trying to be grand. If I, if I couldn't find what I was looking for, I found another gear. I'd go to a different city. I would do whatever it took. See, and I didn't know that it was something God had placed in me that the enemy was trying to pervert. So I, he's a perverter. He takes things that God has done in you and perverts them. That's what he does well. I said, I was counseling, counseling one of the guys, amen. <laughs> I said, man, I'm, I'm going to quit, man, this place. I'm like, dude, is that how you were when you were living for the devil? You couldn't find no drugs? You're like, that's it. I'm done. I'm no longer a drug addict. I quit. Can I buy an amen over there, boys? Amen. Find another gear. So my mom, she prayed. She would always find that other gear for me, and she would pray. So that dorm room that day, I was sitting in that dorm room. There's a guy, the guy's name was John Swank. He was a weird bird, man. And I remember calling Paul the last time, and I was like, Paul, I, th I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. 
I think I'm, I think I'm dying. He's like, I want you to pray, Rick. I want you to pray and ask God to help you. So on the phone, Lord, I need you to help me, man. I remember it was like the first time I really meant it too. Like, I need you to help me, dude. You know how God, he just doesn't work the way we think he's going to work. You know, he's pretty clever like that. Aren't you glad he's smarter than you? God, I need help. And I remember I went to Teen Challenge. They were like, oh, yeah, come on in, man. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, here, here's the dorm. And what dorm did they bring me into? The one that that crazy old bird prayed for me in. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And I remember as I started going through this process where God started to heal my heart, I cried all the time. I cried. I'd get anywhere near the altar. I'd cry. And I remember God was like, I want you to come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. I want you to wait on me. I want you to wait on me. I want you to wait on me. I want you to wait at the altar. Man, they would be preaching about something completely unrelated to my life. I'd be at the altar to the point where it started getting uncomfortable. Amen? Like, they're preaching about something I'm not even struggling with, and I'm up there praying. And they're like, oh, bless God. I'm glad you're here, brother. I'm like, well, I'm here because God told me. Whatever, dude. At this point, I got no pride. God started praying for me. Wait on God. I want you to wait on God. I want you to wait on God. God's timing is just like, we say it. It's so perfect. <laughs> but when you're waiting, it doesn't seem perfect. Can I just be real with you right now? Is anyone in the house with me today that waiting on the Lord is, uh, yeah. So we started this building project. Build a building, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Yeah. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of hard work. And somewhere along the line, I, I got off track with waiting on God. Aren't you glad God reminds you of who he is? Called my mom to tell her I love her. I'm so grateful for people that waited on me. That suffered for me, really. If you ask my mom now, she doesn't remember all of the times I was in jail, all the times I called to get bailed out, all the times that I passed out, came to, and all that stuff. You know, she, you know what she remembers? She remembers the first sermon I preached. It was terrible. <laughs> Nobody got saved. Amen. <laughs> Waiting on God it's a big piece of the puzzle, but here's the thing. 
I wait on the Lord, my whole being waits, my soul waits. Because his word, his word. When, you know, when God gives you a word, I have the tenacity to hold on to that word. He says he's the author and the finisher of her, right? Sometimes we forget he's also the sustainer. He sustains us in there. I always go back to Psalm 119, 49, Remember the word unto your servant upon which you have caused me to what? Hope. His word always causes hope. His word always. I got one amen on it. His word always causes hope. He says he's the lifter of our heads. He says, well, we're no longer the tail, but we're the head. He says, we're not beneath, but we're above. But when you're in the waiting room, it's tough. I'm going to tell you one more story. Last night, they were, my, my girls were all, hey, let's go to Prescott for the tree lighting ceremony at the courthouse. I, unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize the whole city of Phoenix would be there, too. <laughs> Couldn't find a place to park. Right and driving all over Prescott, finally found a place to park. Oh, good. It's only like five bucks down the road. Then we started looking for places to eat. Couldn't find a place to eat. And by then, my salvation had walked out of the window. Amen. I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here? This is dumb. And the Grinch came upon me. Amen. And like, we need somewhere to park, man. We need somewhere to eat. And then we get to this burger place, and they're like, oh, yeah, come on in. Yeah, we got a spot for you right here. I was thinking, praise the Lord. And then the guy comes back and says, yeah, it's going to be about an hour and a half before we'll have food to you. I'm going to start preaching about Jesus right now. We'll see how fast this happens. So the girls are all laughing at me. They're like, Dad, Dad. Ray's like, honey. And then that's when the message came to me about waiting on God. I was like, man, I am just not good at waiting, am I? Is anyone good at waiting? Is anyone really good at celebrating in the waiting room? Like, praise the Lord. I'm in the waiting room. But you know, the only one that we can wait with is the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. The only one that we can wait for is the Holy Spirit. You know what I've learned is that so much of the church today is trying to accomplish this in their own strength. In their own power. We got great, I believe, we have some of the greatest churches in, in the Assemblies of God. We have great Format, great structure, and great leadership. But man, the greatest is when the Holy Spirit shows up. The greatest is when the Spirit of the living God comes upon the scene in the midst of the waiting, in the middle of the storm. And so, my invitation to you, church, is are you filled with the Spirit of God? Or are you filled? With the spirit of regret? Are you filled with the spirit of remorse? Are you, are you stuck in grief? 
because of what happened or what hasn't happened. And so if you're here tonight or this morning, you can tell I've been speaking at night. If you're here this morning and you need your battery filled up, stand to your feet. Now, that's not to say that if you're sitting there and you're not saved. Amen. But I want, I want you to stand your feet. I want you to stand and say, man, my tank is empty and I need God to fill it. Pastor Jeremy, would you come up here? And here's what we're going to do because we talk about Christmas. I love Christmas, by the way. You can make your checks out to Rick Castle Ministries. All right. I love what it all represents. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, man, when we wait, we don't wait alone. When we tarry, we don't tarry alone. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. He says, I don't leave you as orphans. But it's expedient that I go that I will send you another not another of a different kind, another of the same kind. So if you're here and you need the Spirit of God to fill you up, can I invite you to have a step of faith and come to this altar? You've already stood up. Come to the altar and let me pray for you. Let me pray over you. Let Pastor Jeremy pray over you. Because I'm telling you, we need the Spirit of the living God to help us in our waiting. Don't, don't let pride rob you, church. Don't let pride rob you. You need, you need him to fill you up, not just get you by. You need to be filled with the Spirit of the living God. Amen? Filled with the Spirit of the living God. So right now, with every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to pray. If you pray in the Spirit, I want you to pray in the Spirit. Amen. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. Right now, I want to pray that God will begin to fill you up, man. Fill you up where you've been dry. Fill you up where you've been trying to do this in your own strength. Maybe you've been discouraged. And Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that you can do all things. That you're the God of abundance, Father God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Forgive us where we have tried to do this in our own strength, God. Oh, Jesus. Sit Fill them up, God. Fill them up, God. Fill them up, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I need your spirit, God. I need your spirit, God. I need your spirit, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, fill us up. He's the God that can 
And he's the God that will. Say that with me. He's the God that can. He's the God that will. I just feel this burden in my heart, church, for us to come back to waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Man, if, if, if anything that, that God has done has taught me is that I cannot accomplish his righteousness in my own strength. I can't. I can't do it. There's an acronym that started with PUSH. And it was this whole idea of pray until something happens. But I want to tell you, that's the wrong one. And you might disagree with me, but you'd be wrong. All right. Pray until surrender happens. You know, I used to think that prayer was all about changing the things around me. But you know what prayer and waiting has done for me? It's changed me. It's changed me. And I want to teach you the most powerful prayer there is, okay? You guys, how many of you are just praying for something to change in your circumstances? Raise your hand. And you're looking for people to change. You're looking for things to pray. Can I just teach you what the Lord taught me? It goes like this. Lord Jesus, change me. Lord Jesus, change me. Change me. Change me. I'm telling you. More God's changed me, the more my wife has liked me. Amen. Let me pray one more time, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to that power that works inside of us, God. I thank you that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above. God, now bless, Pastor, bless this church. God, let us walk away being grateful and filled with the Spirit of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen.